Football season draft crafters, it's Dan, it's JP, and dude, we, we actually have real live games to talk about at both levels of college and pro football. It's it's a happy season, buddy. It is a happy, it's always a happy season. It just feels good to be back in the, the swing of things, and dude, mm-hmm. I, I'll have fun doing this like in the future forever, but this is probably <laughs> going to be the most fun season ever for me, because... I'm going to be diving even deeper into these prospects as we go on because the draft is in Detroit. And I don't know why that motivates mm-hmm. me anymore, but I guess if I go <laughs> to the draft, I just want to be able to, you know, banter with people and be mm-hmm. even more confident in my banter. Well, when we go to the draft, because look, we've already talked about this, we are going to be at the draft. Whether we are at the yes. draft in some sort of invitation from the NFL because we're a big enough deal at that point, or we're in the back on a couch doing a podcast, and that's how we get people to notice it. So whatever. We're going to be there. It's going to be fun. It's going to be it ridiculous, and we're looking forward to it. It would mostly be you because I will be a wreck and pacing all over the place. So the podcast, if we did that, it would mostly just be you on the couch trying to figure <laughs> out where I have gone a yeah. hundred times. That, that will be entertaining as well, though. I'm sure people will be here for it. So uh, what we are here for, though, is to talk through kind of the highlights of the college football week from our perspective. Again, looking at prospects, looking at guys that are uh, that are potentially stepping up that can make noise at the next level, and then also the NFL season. So uh, we're not obviously going to go through 133 teams in the FBS. So we're just going to hit the highlights, and we're going to go conference by conference. So let's start out West because uh, the Pac-12, and we joke about how we do this like, you know, least notable to most notable conference. But this year, the Pac-12 was like, oh, maybe we should do something since we're leaving. Since we're completely disbanding, let's have a good season. Yeah, I'm with you there. And I will start with the future Big Ten team here in Oregon. (laughs) Um, And I'm just going to throw this out there. Why do I feel like throughout the entirety of the season, I'm always going to have to talk about Oregon, and I'm always going to talk about <laughs> senior quarterback Bo Nix, and I'm always going to talk mm-hmm. about junior uh, wide receiver Troy Franklin. I mean, like that. You, you may they're going to do a lot. I, I could just I could just leave them in the notes. I feel like every <laughs> week because Bo Nix, he, he's getting it done, dude. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he gets it done in the air. He gets it done on the ground. He's a little more sneaky athletic than what you think. I mean, he went mm-hmm. nine for forty six on the ground, and he still had a good game. I mean, this is a quarterback who's it's very, very possible he could play. He, you could see him go in the first round somewhere. Mm-hmm. I say that because he has that potential type of talent, but I also say that because teams will take him in the back just to get that extra fifth-year eligibility. But sure. Troy Franklin's lighting it up, too. He's going over for 100 and touchdowns. But the non-obvious uh, take that I wanted to talk about here was uh, Jeffrey Bassa, junior Jeffrey linebacker. Bassa. La- yeah, he, he played solid-ish last year. I mean, I, and I honestly, he wasn't playing like a true starter, you know, because they had Sewell back there last year, and he struggled right. a little bit. So I think he got some minutes, but he only had 62 tackles, couple sacks, and a couple picks last year. But in that, that's pretty solid if he wasn't, like, supposed to be the guy. But mm-hmm. he, he's off to a good start in this game here. He had nine tackles, eight of which were solo, had a tackle for a loss. So I'd say he's a... He's a guy to keep your eye mm-hmm. on, if you will. Um, you know how I enjoy countering you with uh, with raw numbers and annoying you with pro football focus, right? Oh, yeah. They always butch every single linebacker on planet Earth they give a terrible <laughs> rating to. Yeah, he's got a 57.1 right now. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Means it's nothing just too much to fun. me. Yeah, I know. It's good times. Uh, what did they give, things, what did they give Tysheem Johnson 
while we're playing this game. I bet they gave him a good rating. Is that your wide receiver? No, that's Troy Franklin. He, I know he. I don't care. He's stuck. Tysheem Johnson's right. a defensive back for Oregon. A little undersized guy, but he he looked very good in the game. Hang on. Be you're, you're telling me too. to pull numbers up, and uh, I am looking through and put it this way: I'm not finding his name right now. So, well, is he a safety or is he a cool as corner? Uh, he's kind of a hybrid, more along the lines of a safety. He's a little undersized, gotcha. like five ten, one ninety five. Gets a lot of tackles. Yeah, I'm not finding him on here, so I'll have to look him up in a minute for you. But uh, it's not it's not they a good start know. for you. They don't know. It's not, it's not a good start for BFF. They need to get... Hang on. Their... How do you spell his first name? T-Y-S-H-E-E-M. Well, he doesn't I exist. Believe. According to PFF, he doesn't exist. Yeah, Tysheem Johnson. <laughs> Eight tackles, seven solo, got a sack. Attack for loss. Nope, he's yeah. not real. Where's, num- where's nope. number zero? 5'10", 195, junior. Born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I still don't think he's real. He's real. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not coming up in the... Uh, oh, Taishim. There's an M at the end. That's what I said. An, uh, well, I didn't get the M. I got the N. Uh, he so far has got a... Uh, looks like a 63. Okay. I figured they would have really liked him. tackling numbers are nice. You got 86 on the tackles. Mm-hmm. For those of you who didn't catch a lot of last year, uh, JP likes to throw out his takes, and I like to throw the numbers at him, and they never agree. Almost never agree, and it's always a good time for me, at least. But Yeah, right at the end of last year, all of a sudden we started to, and I don't know if that's because, I don't know. I did like to think PFF just started to get smart. And just, it plays catch up with you. It can't get there yet. (laughs) Yeah. Well, on my end of things, some of the teams uh, that I've been watching, I mean, look, I'm doing some low-hanging fruit with a couple of these, but uh, Caleb Williams is continuing to look mm-hmm. like a stud, and the reason why he's people are pick. trying. Yeah, he's he, he has done nothing so far to deter people from thinking he's going to be the number one pick. Uh, he's at, Kyler Murray's favorite person. On the right. <laughs> he's, well, hey, look, <laughs> Kyler Murray still is going to make a lot of money regardless. But, yeah, he is definitely – I mean, at the same time, does Kyler Murray really want to be a Cardinal right now? I mean, it's it's I mean, it's a rebuild big time there. Although, you know, we've talked about this. Is it smart for the Cardinals to take Williams anyways because he's got so much other stuff to work on? All you're going to do is hamstring the boy. But we'll talk about him later. Uh, another guy they that have starting, a, They could have the number two pick too, so. Right, and they, they could use that to, to put themselves in better position. There's no doubt about that. Uh, looking at other guys, and unfortunately other quarterbacks, really, uh, in the uh, in the Pac-12, there's a couple of them on your end of things, but uh, another one that's kind of a guy that's sort of been in the background and not talked about, uh, except by us, <laughs> here and there, is Jaden Delora, who is uh, is a junior, but he's not a huge dude, six foot two oh five, but he had a decent year last year. His biggest thing is a dude throws too many interceptions. Uh, but he had another fun game this past week, and so we'll see what he can do against UTEP. Somebody to kind of keep your eyes on is more of the, the later round kind of guy. So I'm quite curious to see where he comes out at. And then uh, a guy we talked about quite a bit last year, thought he might come out, he didn't. Uh, Layatu Latu from UCLA. He's got four sacks He's in two fire. games. Dude, He's is tearing fire. it up right That's now. It's my, my guy. Looking forward to him continuing that and being a name we talk about a lot over the course and of he, this he was season. a guy that... He was a guy, if I remember right, that I was hyping up last year, too, and PFF always butchered him. Ha! <laughs> they probably loved him. You're just you're just trying to find reasons to, to criticize now. I see what it is, man. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that, you know what? what they, they, they might have loved him, but uh, but I am going to say that uh, that I, I 
I don't know. He's got he's got a he had a really good game against Coastal Carolina when it comes to the numbers. San Diego State less so, but he's got a ninety one right now. But that's a, a very small sample size. Man, all right. That's still that's really good. All right, yeah, you, you let me really take good. it out to Washington. Go for it. You know how I was talking about Bo Nix and Troy Franklin just being staples yeah. and just leave them in the notes. Why do I feel like Michael <laughs> Penix Jr. in and Romy or Rome Odunzi? I kind of want to call him Romy. Let's call him Romy. Romy. Let's just own that. Like we Penix, did with Bro Derek last year. Let's just yeah, let's just make it Penix Romy. Let's make it one person. They played great. Shocker. <laughs> let's see what happens. Washington's so, uh, offense but, is fun. Yeah, they are. I mean, for those, if anybody's listening and they're like, why is it so obvious for Penix and Romy? Like, I don't know. Well, give it a few weeks. You're, you will. <laughs> you absolutely will. So I'm going to spend most mm-hmm. of my time because, well, not a ton of time because we've got a lot of teams to get through here. But another one of those defensive players that I was super high on last year for this year and kind of watching him was Braylon Trice, mm-hmm. the edge rusher, junior, 6'4", 274. So... Last year as a sophomore, dude had 10 sacks. Mm-hmm. And we, we were all over this guy. Like, can't wait till next year. Well, so far this year, none. <laughs> so he's off to a slow start. But he's playing mm-hmm. the Spartans, which we'll get to later this week. And maybe he uh, changes yeah. that. Hopefully, hopefully he changes that. So right. I just wanted to throw that out there. He's he's a guy that I personally was all like, oh, yeah, he could be a first-round pick mm-hmm. next year. We'll definitely keep it on. Doesn't look like it so far. We'll see if he turns it around. Mm-hmm. Anything else in the Pac-12 for you? Oh, yeah, I can do, like, I surprisingly, it doesn't make sense why I have so much to talk about the Pac-12. I'll rip through we'll it. Keep rolling, sir. I only got, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, I just want to talk from Washington State here. They got a player mm-hmm. that I don't recall ever bringing up last year, but Sam Lockett third, senior defensive back, 6'1", 207, so a big fella, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, he is off to... A great start, I guess you could say. Week one, he he was all right. He only had five tackles. But this past week, 13 tackles, nine solo, four assists. It looks like a little bit of a tackling machine back there. Um, I, I, he was, I don't even think he was on either one of our radars last year, so I just wanted mm-hmm. to briefly bring his name up as somebody to keep an eye on. And then with the rest of the Pac-12, a third team, can we just leave Shadur Sanders and, and Travis Hunter in the in the notes too? And I, I don't need. Hey, to look, go these are all your that. teams, dude. I know. I just feel like I'm end up talking a ton about the Pac-12 this year, and then they're going to disappear right. next year because they don't exist. Mm-hmm. But every <laughs> I don't go. need to go. I don't need to go into that. But obvious because everybody's seen the hype with how much love right. Colorado's getting. But mm-hmm. those are two guys we're going to be talking about a lot in the draft process. Yeah, so, and this is a Colorado a, team that's a, looking. Yeah, they're they're looking yeah, but at being Hunter 3-0. can't go pro though. He can't go pro. Sanders no. could. Yeah, but still, Hunter, you're, we're going to be talking about him. But it is what it is. But all right, go ahead. Well, yeah, and we're expecting them to get a win this week against uh, against Colorado State. And then you look at the the rest of their schedule. We'll find out about Colorado and what they're really about the two weeks following this week because they're at Oregon and they got USC at home. That USC game might break the scoreboard with the way those two defenses mm-hmm. don't play. So, should be interesting. Anything else in Pac-12? Yeah, we can take her to the Big 12 now if you want. Yeah, move to the middle of the country. I only got, I only got two teams to talk about in the Big 12. <laughs> Go for it. Oh, you want me to lead her off? Okay. Yeah. Well, there seems to be a common theme. Do you think I could probably leave Quinn Ewers and 
Xavier Worthy <laughs> in the notes as well yeah. every single week. We knew that Xavier was worthy coming. Watch. And, I had a, and I had a feeling. No, dude, Quinn Ewers is on fire, and I'm very happy about it because even you <laughs> kind of chuckled a little bit when I told you this guy is going to be a first round draft pick as long Tell as he stays healthy. Lo- as long as he stays healthy. And I and I and you knew I loved Worthy. This is my favorite little tiny wide mm-hmm. receiver I've seen in a while, unless you're going to count Zay Flowers. But he he doesn't no, Zay, Zay Flowers' eyes didn't matter because he played just like a alien. So it doesn't <laughs> matter. It's irrelevant to him. He gets an exception. But okay. the guy, the main guy that I want to talk about from Texas here, though, um, well, there's two really. There's there's. Five. Wow, I like Texas. All right. Well, I want to talk. You do like Texas. <laughs> I want to talk about Jatavian Sanders a little bit, the tight end, because I said, like, hey, outside of Brock Bowers, yeah. who's going to be tight end two? And I guessed it might be him. And I'm mm-hmm. guessing I'm, I so might far. be right. He He's yeah. on fire. And he's a junior 6'4", 240-something wide receiver. Or, well, like wide receiver. He plays like a wide receiver, Dan. So I'm kind yep. of happy that I misspoke there. He had five grabs for 114 yards, <clears throat> excuse me, this past week. Um, and then the other two guys, just touch on quickly, Jalen Catalone, a guy that we liked a lot mm-hmm. a while back who originally was at Arkansas and kind of went to Texas, missed a lot of time. He's had two different shoulder surgeries. Could he be like a comeback player of the year potential? I mean, he grabbed seven sure. tackles and one for a loss. He was looking pretty good. Last thing I'll talk about from Texas is, Anthony Hill Jr. Mm-hmm. I just put future star with a question mark. <laughs> I don't know. Would P- see if you can see if PFF gets got him at some point. He he's got seven tackles so far and two sacks. He's a true freshman linebacker, 6'3", 234 pounds. So he fits that like new mold, little taller, little leaner. Mm-hmm. But he's getting involved in in the backfield too. So and I he's, he's got a sixty four. I didn't know much about this guy. All I got to say is my guy Jalen Ford hasn't really played all bad or anything, but Hill looks better. So Hill's got a couple sacks. I got, I'll be keeping my eye on Anthony Hill Jr. despite him not being a draft-eligible prospect. Go ahead. Well, again, we kind of have to, to keep an eye on those guys too because it's part of the fun to figure out where we're going for next year. I think that there, there's there's a weird gap when it comes to coverage with uh Places that focus on you know the recruiting game with college and getting the guys into the team, and then the back end going into draft prospects. But those middle year guys, the freshmen, sophomores that are starting to move up, a lot of people only notice them if they're quarterbacks, right? That being said, mm-hmm. I'm about to talk about some quarterbacks, <laughs> and and this is the first time I think anyone has ever uh, that isn't on a dedicated podcast for just this particular part of the country. I'm going to talk about two Kansas quarterbacks, Kansas and Kansas State quarterbacks, dude. It's a little bit funky, but Jalen Daniels, who was really mm-hmm. lighting the world on fire last year till he got hurt, is starting up again, starting to have another good start to his season. So he's a guy worth watching as one of those who's going to be in the next five quarterbacks. Because, again, this, this feels like one of the deeper quarterback classes we've had in a long time. Uh, and Jalen Daniels is definitely a body for that. And then uh, Kansas State, Will Howard. Will Howard came on at the end of last season, so people kind of might know his name or remember him from their run and when they won the Big 12 title game uh, against uh, TCU before all uh, all that fun stuff. But he, again, is having a solid start to his season as well, and both of these teams are having a really good beginning to things and are both guys worth, worth watching and worth playing out because uh, really... 
when you look at the depth behind like the top what five guys that we say we're going to see come out of this draft, it's still very much a shuffle of who's going to be next in that whole mix. And I think that uh, both Daniels and Howard have a shot of being in there. I can't disagree with you there. Um, you hit up two teams there, but I only got one other player to talk about from the Big 12. It was kind of quiet in comparison to the, the Pac-12 for some reason, like I said. But I just got to ask you a question, Dan. Mm-hmm. I talked about Hill Jr. here, a true freshman. Where would he come from for Texas and keeping my eye on him? But who the heck is Hudson Clement? I mean, sounds like a fun name. Yeah, check his PFF grade out. I bet it's on fire. Hudson Clement looks like a guy that you plucked out of Hogwarts. <laughs> He definitely looks like a Harry Potter <laughs> wizard here. He's a true freshman. Mm-hmm. He's 6'1", 199. The, Mr. Clement here, dude, did you see the game, what he did? I, I, okay. No. First of all, I'm going to admit, I'll admit when I just, I'm crazy and I don't know. So You know the small school stuff way better than I do, but I did not know the University of DeQuincy. DeQuincy? Oh, Duquesne? Duquesne. Duquesne? What the there heck is that? <laughs> it's French is what it is. Okay, clearly I don't speak French. I don't know right. who they are. Obviously, not big competition there. But no, they're they're definitely dude, a tier below. Hudson took them for five grabs for 177 yards and three tutties. There's a true that freshman is, uh, out of Hogwarts. It's a lot of mismatches. And dude, I pulled up his picture. He definitely looks like he wants to be the bad boy of Hogwarts. Yeah, he's in Slytherin. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a that's a tremendous start to your career right there. Although it's interesting why he uh, he might not have played uh, or why he didn't play there rather in their first game. So uh, definitely somebody curious to see how that comes out because he clearly has uh, has been or they have, have they only played one game? They played two. Yeah, uh, he clearly has been the the engine of this offense yeah, in he, that one game. I think he only he only played the one game. Right, so he uh, we'll see if he has earned himself some more playing time with a game like that. I mean, again, he was doing it against the lower-level competition, but also he's a freshman, so he's probably playing against a senior who got smoked a few times. Something happened. Tough stuff. So. Good for him, though. Good for him, because I was just looking at uh, at receivers in the uh, the Big 12, and he was like the top name on PFF as far as guys that have you know stepped <laughs> I knew up. They would have loved his game. Well, of course. I mean, you're going to love anybody who... and But I also put on, like, the, the minimum target thing. Because that's one of the things. Like, a guy on PF... The way PFF does all their stats and everything, he's like, this guy's got a 97. It's like, because he caught one pass for 80 yards and a touchdown. Of course, he's going to have a good number, right? Uh, but uh, another name to throw at you, and I know we haven't c- quite figured out who's taking what teams of the new teams yet, but uh, on Cincinnati and the Bearcats, which I think... Uh, I have Cincinnati. You, you usually give some more love, right? Yeah, but what about Xavier Henderson? X Z A V or Henderson? It's just it's just a fun name, right? That dude's got well, eight catches for 159 and a touchdown so yeah. far. So again, still still early days. When you're looking at the stats early on, it's hard to just say, well, this guy's having a great season because he's it's been two games. So it's one of the things we talked about, like coming into last week and then this week a little bit too. Is like we're not gonna dig too deep into all of this because we don't have a ton of, of data to work with so far. Anything else in the Big Twelve? Um, there's DB Shalen uh, Garns or Garnes or whatever for Wake Forest had a heck of a game. <laughs> we don't have to work nothing. on this pronunciation. Well, Wake Forest is I ACC, never get the, I never get it done. What's that? A- Wake Forest oh, is in the we were, ACC. Yeah, I thought we were going to the ACC next. Well, so I asked if you had anything else in the Big 12. Now you're throwing names at me oh, for the wrong conference. No, I have I have nothing else uh, in well, the Big go 12. Ahead, Texas then. Tech had... 
Texas Tech had a, a couple players that looked they all have right. A rough start. Yeah, they are. DTD looked all right on defense. Sorry, that's a little acronym because it's Mm-mm. his name. But and then Ben Roberts looks like he could potentially be a young stud, but nothing we need to spend a lot of time on here. We can move to the ACC. Well, go ahead. You're already starting talking about Boise. I was. I was talking about Wake Forest here, and I'll do a quick take mm-hmm. on him because I don't know this is worthy of spending a ton of time on, but uh, mm-hmm. still don't still don't know how to say the guy's name. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, yeah. I mean. K K Ch- Chellen Garns? I don't know. I don't know. He he looked wow. He didn't lead the team in tackles or anything, but he's a senior DB. He's draft eligible. He looked pretty pretty Who solid we talking about back now? there. He's Chellen Garns. No team wise. Wake Forest. Oh okay, you're still in Wake Forest. I didn't get what you things to talk about with Wake Forest. Good for them. Yeah, no, I was for whatever reason I decided to start with like the irrelevant ones ish. Kalen Carson, but. No, that's a different guy. He actually had, he had like a double digit Chalen tackles Garns. in the game. Yeah, gotcha. Because Carson <laughs> Carson and Roberts, I think, led the team in tackles, but I right. don't know. Carson might maybe they maybe they all are draft eligible. I mean, I don't obviously I don't spend a lot of time watching the <laughs> Wake Forest Demon Deacons, but anyway, let's right. let's move off them until we figure out if there's any meat on the bone there, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Sounds um, good. Well, hey, one guy with me in the bones that I got to throw at you is at Florida State is the Michigan State transfer, so we can like him because he's not a Sparty anymore. Keon Coleman has been having himself a good start to the season and really has been uh, Travis's favorite target there. So that's a guy that has moved up, I think, uh, the the draft boards for people at the wide receiver position. Yeah, hey, he, he again, we'll get to Michigan State later, but what a smart transfer that was. All right, 12 for 170 uh, and four touchdowns so far. All right, I'm a Dan. I can't sit on this one any longer. <laughs> I got to. I got to go to South Beach here. I got to talk about Miami. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about. Ty, Tyler Van Dyke. Okay, <laughs> Miami of Ohio. He throws one touchdown and one pick. Barely cracks 200 yards. Terrible. Probably also, he, didn't he had play a good much. completion percentage. He had a great completion percentage. He still threw 22 balls in the game. What do you mean? That's a decent amount. Huh? Okay. Then he plays a ranked. 23 ranked Texas A&M and he, he throws five touchdowns for nearly 400 yards and no picks what is going on if you flipped those games it would make sense does this guy just play <laughs> to the level of his competition or no I think he with- I think he played his first game thinking it was a uh, a bit of a you know warm-up so to speak and so we'll, we'll find out this week against Bethune Cookman whether or not he plays the level of competition. If he has another stinker like he did against uh, Miami, Ohio, in the sense of yardage and touchdown-interception ratio, because, again, 17-22 to 22 is still solid, uh, that'll give you a better idea. But so this is a guy who's completed 62 and 63% of his passes last two seasons. If he's closer up to 70 this year, this dude's another one who's going to jump right up to the top of the uh, the list of, uh, of those uh, next-tier quarterbacks. At 6'4", 230, this is a big boy. This is what people want to see. He's more mobile than you'd expect for a guy that size. Yeah, I agree. I'm just picking on him because the difference in the game, like two completely different players. So right, it is. And again, that's is. why right. that's why it's fun to have two data points to work with. I I, I digress. You can, you can go ahead. You can take a team. I got well, two more to talk about. I can tell you what. You know who's surprising people right now in the ACC outside of you know some of the the other notes we've had is is the Duke Blue Devils, and a big chunk of that is Riley Leonard. Another quarterback yeah. that I think Mel Kuyper had him 
in his top five quarterbacks, and he's playing oh, like yeah. it right now so far. Uh, the dude definitely had himself uh, a game against uh, against Clemson in that first one. And again, he wasn't over the top with it, but uh, but definitely was playing solid. And I think people are looking at him as somebody who's got that sort of you know a- ability to scramble around. Uh, it's already got 173 yards this, or sorry, he's got already got 111 yards this season, uh, and so definitely more of the 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 dual threat ish guy from someone who looks like he's probably you know looks like he might be a Hufflepuff, uh, but a dude six four two twelve, and he's a junior. He's a junior who does not look intimidating until he's on the field. All right, he's a junior who does not look intimidating until you put him on the field, but uh, he's having a good start to his year so far, and that's. Uh, something that Duke's going to need. Again, they're ranked. They're 21st right now, and it's it's been a while since we've seen a ranked Duke football team. That's fair. I'll give you that. It might be a while before we see a ranked Duke team again. We'll see. Yeah. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to North Carolina State here. All right? Okay. Yeah, I knew you, you, you knew I was going to go here because yeah. the problem is, is you, I mean, you know what? Before I get into North Carolina State, they played Notre Dame. I'm going to say mm-hmm. this. Notre Dame's currently the 10th ranked team. I know it's not in the ACC. It's kind of. In the ACC-ish. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, dude, we're going to talk about Sam Hartman a lot. He had a fantastic game again outside of, you know, fumbling the ball a couple mm-hmm. times. I think he only lost one of the two. But we're going to talk about him a lot. But the the mm-hmm. running back that they have there that's draft eligible too, you're going to be at the game next week. Look out for yep. Audrick Esteemy. Esteem, I will esteem. be. Yeah, I'm going to say Esteemy. Well, I'll let you know how to pronounce it because I'm sure the PA guy knows how to do it. <laughs> right. So, yeah, he's he been tearing was, it up. He was very solid last year in, in mm-hmm. limited fashion. and Because uh, he only had 156 carries, went for dang near 1,000 on that, and had double-digit touchdowns. But he also mm-hmm. had some receptions through the air. He's already off to a good start catching the ball this year. He looks like he could be a dual-threat guy who's going to wreck you. I hate to mm-hmm. say it. He's probably going to wreck CMU. Uh, yeah, there's a chance. Tips, but. But either way, I'm not, I'm not I'm talking about some, Notre Dame, but I'm just going to throw some cold water on that fire. <laughs> uh, I, so last year I spent a lot of time talking about Peyton Wilson. This is a guy that PFF mm-hmm. butchered all the huh. time, despite him having one heck of a, a season. I mean, it's granted he's it's like his fifth year in college football, whatever. But <laughs> he's, he's on fire. I mean, mm-hmm. week one, 10 tackles. Week two, 14 tackles. I mean, he's even got a he's got a pick. I mean, mm-hmm. Peyton Wilson's playing great. Notre, against Notre Dame, I mean, that's pretty solid. 14 tackles, yeah. I'll take it. Um, but a surprising guy that we didn't talk about last year is Davin Van. I don't know why that makes me want to say Dapper Dan and feel like that movie. Uh, Clooney. That was a great <laughs> one. Why am I drawing a blank I'm a Dapper Dan, that? man. Little, little oh, brother, yeah. where are though? Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Just keep your eye on this guy. He's an interior D lineman, 6'2", 280, junior, draft eligible. Didn't do a ton last year, but still had 33 tackles, four and a half sacks, and a forced fumble last year, pass deflections. He's solid, but he's off to one heck of a start. He's he's, he's got five tackles, three sacks, and a forced fumble this year already, so keep your eye on Davin Van. Look at the Wolfpack having some guys worth, worth, worth looking forward to. Yeah, I knew I was going to talk about Peyton Wilson, but I didn't expect to, you know. Even though I, well, I I'm spent gonna... half that take getting ahead of myself and talking about the independence, <laughs> so whatever. 
Well, I'm going to uh, get uh, uh, to another team in that state and another defensive lineman, and that's Cayman Rucker. I don't know if you've been paying attention to him in North Carolina with the Tar Heels been up to. This dude in, uh, what, three games so far, two games so far, has half the number of hurries he had last year. He's only got 13 hurries. He only has one sack out of it so far and three hits, but 13 hurries in two games. This dude is getting after the quarterback. He's 6'2", 265, so he's maybe a little bit shorter than some people like from the edge, but he is absolutely mauling people. So looking forward to see what he's coming up with uh, as, as we go forward there. And the last note I got for the ACC, uh, I have to give a shout-out to Syracuse because they destroyed Western Michigan, and that just makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, that does always make us both happy. <laughs> you know, I'm realizing, right. Dan, I've got maybe I'm excited because this is our first like college yeah. like episode, but I've got uh-huh. way too many notes for the time we have for this segment here. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll I, tighten you up I'll as do we a, go forward, bud. I'll just do a quick take for for Louisville. They got a running back. Like you're shaking and the rust off the too. TB. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I just want to. I won't go into anything too crazy. Keep your eye on. Uh, Jahar Jordan, running back for Louisville. We Man, really got to get better pronunciation. Killing. Yep, and Devin Neal. Both these, I watched some of the, some of the clips on this game. Graves against Murray State. I get it, but those two guys impressed me a bit. So we might be talking about them more as the season goes. But with that being said, let's go ahead and slide over to the SEC. Unless you've got something else. No, I think we're in good shape there. Uh, I got a my first SEC take is not about a player; it's about a coach. How's Jimbo Fisher feeling out there at Texas A and M? That's a, that's a good question. It's not, it's not a, it's not a good feeling. I got to imagine for where he's yeah. at. Can't be. That team's not looking great. And this is a, mm-hmm. a guy. I mean, he's he's probably okay because he has a gigantic buyout and it's going to be super expensive to get him out of there. Even though they do have deep pockets out there, but uh, I don't have much positive to say about this team. I mean, Connor Wegman apparently is having a good year as their quarterback. According to at least according to PFF and stuff like that, but the team itself is just they're they got you know basically they got whooped by Miami this past week, and yeah they beat New Mexico, but that's New Mexico, so I mean, we're still not really going to know what's going on with Texas A&M until they get their Alabama Tennessee back to back. But uh, it's just it's not encouraging for uh, for where they're at right now. No, I wouldn't feel encouraged, and I I mean Tyler Van Dyke likes them. Right? He'd like to play against him every week. Yeah, it'd be nice. But, hey, real quick, I'm going to hit on two senior quarterbacks and knock out two teams at once on two short takes. I'm going to talk about South Carolina Spencer Rattler, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about Kentucky's Devin Leary. These are two senior quarterbacks who both had good games. So, I mean, the people we need to keep an eye on, Devin Leary, I mean, I – there's always been hype on him back in 2021. He he had a a heck of a season, didn't – do mm-hmm. a ton after that, and definitely didn't do much against uh, Ball State, I think, who so they played in week one. But, you know, he sure found a way to – I think it was Eastern Kentucky this week. He, he found a mm-hmm. way to step up and look good against them. Spencer Rattler, everybody probably knows that name from, mm-hmm. you know, years past, <laughs> if you will. number but of years. He's continued to show flashes and then look rough, and he started mm-hmm. to flash again. So it is what it is. Keep your eye on Spencer Rattler, I guess, <laughs> maybe. Not, sure. He's nowhere near like a day one pick, probably not even a day two. I guess maybe if he plays great, he could play his way into day two. Doubt it, though. But He definitely feels like a mid-rounder right now. Yeah, yeah. Guy who's, drafted, so. guy who's starting to play his way onto some radars. Uh, I mean, people knew about him last year a little bit, but so far with a good start and holding off a four-year starter 
over in Ole Miss, Jackson Dart, who has probably one of the most amazingly terrible mustaches uh, in college football right now, but uh, the 6'2", 220 junior, had Spencer Sanders come in from Oklahoma State to potentially take that job from him, and he has held on to it. He's six touchdowns, only one pick so far through two games. He's run for 77 yards. He's got 600 yards throwing the ball. So he's starting off really well. And, again, not that Ole Miss has necessarily you know, played a, a ton of uh, – ton of teams they did get the win over Tulane last week but the other one uh, we talked about a little bit last year Quinshawn Judkins he's had a slow-ish start to the season he's only averaging three and a half right now but he's still got three touchdowns so far only 31 carries so Quinshawn Judkins a sophomore after his amazing season last year when he put up just almost crazy numbers 1500 yards rushing uh, we'll see what he can do this year for an encore but so far not so good for him be interesting to see where that comes out he's still he's not gonna be able to be drafted till next year anyways all right, I'm going to talk about Arkansas. It's, maybe I'll be doing this for two years in a row here, but I will say <laughs> this. My guy, Jaheim Sanders, I, I mean, you pointed out he was dealing with like a knee injury there, but I was looking yep. forward to probably talking about him a lot this year and nothing really to say, Yikes. so hopefully he can he can rebound. But I'll tell you what, linebacker, junior, 6'4", 240, Jaheim Thomas. He has stood out this season to me. Mm -hmm. Week one, eight tackles. Week two, he had 12 tackles. Uh, one and a half sacks in week two as well. And again, 6'4", 240, that's kind of along the lines of this new mold of linebacker everybody's looking for yeah. in today's NFL. So a draft-eligible guy to keep your eye on there. We might be talking about Jaheim Thomas a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, Couple I only got one other on. player to talk about in the SEC, and I'm done. I'll go for it then. Let me hit it. Yeah, hit it. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about another linebacker, Dan. Does that surprise you in any way, shape, or form? I'm going to talk about Eugene. He's just, if you, you can't see Dan, but he's just shaking his head at me. Eugene Asante Auburn. So he does not fit the mold, per se, of today's NFL linebacker, these giant, slender-type guys. He's 6'1", 222, so a little bit more... Old school, light-ish, but yeah, but he's still a little light. But he had himself a game too, twelve tackles, and he had a sack in there. He had a sack in week nice. one, so back-to-back -back games with sacks as a linebacker, hitting double-digit tackles. Keep your eyes on Eugene Asante. He's a junior, so he's going to be draft eligible as well. That's it there for the SEC for me. Well, the uh, somewhat struggling Tennessee offense that people like to throw out there because they only put up 30 points against Austin P. But uh, Joe Milton the third looks like he may have figured himself out. Of course, they haven't played any tough teams yet. So be curious to see because he is uh, far and away, by everybody's estimation, the strongest arm that's going to be coming out this year. But uh, where that arm goes is the question mark. That being said, Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, running backs are both having good starts to their season. And then Squirrel White's got 10 catches. So there'll be we'll be on Squirrel Watch this this year as well. That's just a fun name, and I'll be bringing it up as many times as I can. In the Big Ten. I mean, it's a great name. Yeah. I, I got to start off with one thing in the Big Ten. I, I put yeah. this down for my notes for the Wisconsin Badgers, and that's whoops. <laughs> I'm so Wisconsin. mad about that. Can I go? Can I just <laughs> go ahead. get angry about it? Uh -huh. So I had, I did a little parlay. For those of you who don't know, you just do like little DraftKings like parlay, mm -hmm. right? I had a 14-leg money line parlay that would have paid out an absurd amount of money. <laughs> I hit 13 of 14. Which one did you miss? Your whoops game that you're on right now. 
I sorry about that. I'm still so angry at the Badgers. That it's yeah. still it's like salt in the wound, Dan. Too too fresh, too soon. Didn't didn't even mean to. Can't but talk I'm happy about it Wisconsin. Happened. Well, so I can angry. tell you that Wisconsin just laid a uh, a, ch- a cheesehead sized egg against the uh, against Washington State, and that definitely it, it's look. This is a team that's changing its offensive philosophy, and it's pretty clear that they are a work more. in progress. They are yeah. a work in progress. Right I hope now, they lose but... every game. Sorry, Wisconsin Knights. <laughs> Well, hey, look, if they lose to Georgia Southern this week, you might be on to something. We'll see. That just continues to prove, though, that the uh, western half of the Big Ten in their last season of doing the divisions is um, it's up for grabs for anybody who wants it. Everybody else I'm talking about is in the east, though. Go ahead. You know, I'm just going to do my entire Big Ten take real quick. I always spend too Go much time it. in the Big Ten. Seems like it's like the home <laughs> team and the home conference. But sure. you know what? It's just it's super easy. Mm-hmm. It's it's super easy. I'm gonna just ask you one question at the end. I mean, because like if you're going in Ohio State, dude, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Eichenberg at linebacker, these guys mm-hmm. were great, and we knew they were going to be. It's insane. Right. Harrison Jr. is a number like dude. It's gonna be Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. Just you put it out there right now. I mean, you may as well. Okay. <laughs> right. Then you go to my team, Iowa. Cooper DeJean. Dude, he's still on fire. We're going to be talking about this guy a lot. I personally mm-hmm. think he's a guaranteed top 10 pick, maybe a top 5 player for me personally in this draft. We'll see. This is a very deep so draft. So he's your so Brian Branch. Be, but I, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. we got a long season ahead, but he was on fire <laughs> again. Guy's very good. And then I'll just end it with the Michigan. J.J. McCarthy looked great, just like I said with Quinn Ewers. Everybody's talking about Drake May and Caleb Williams, and I said that I don't think J.J. or Ewers are all that far away from him. I still mm-hmm. believe that to be true. So one of the deepest QB classes I've seen, because, again, Penix Jr. and Knicks and all those other guys we're talking about, this class is insanely deep. Um, sure. I didn't say my, my prediction on Donovan Ed- Edwards is a little bit uh, – he's off to a slow start. We'll slow say start. that. But here's my – Here's the question, and I'll, I'll end my take, and you can do whatever you're going to do with the Big Ten here. <laughs> my question is this. For R- Roman Wilson for Michigan. <laughs> that was one of the guys senior, I was going to talk about. Senior, who I thought was in like his sixth year. You were going to talk mm-hmm. about him. He's not. I think he's only. He's actually like a true senior, I think. Yeah, he's a true senior. I don't know why I feel like he's been there for half a decade minimum. <laughs> He just like keeps possibly up. longer. I feel like he's been there with like four different. Maybe he has. Maybe just I don't know. Well, he's, I like he's he might have been there, there for four quarterbacks, <laughs> right? But like how you knew where I was going with that. Mm-hmm. But he's half to a heck of a start. But you take right. it from here. I was just wondering yeah. where you think he might go in the draft. Is what I was trying to get to. Well, here's the thing: if he continues on the trend that he's on, because he's not going to get five touchdowns in every two games, that would be hilarious and insane. So obviously that number is going to come back down a bit. But even the ten catches for 167 yards through two games—that's nothing crazy. But it shows that he's a good target for McCarthy. And at six foot 192, he's right in that size of a guy that can play slot. Maybe he can play a little bit of edge. Uh, part of the question would be where he comes out speed-wise. I, I haven't looked at those numbers yet. But he's definitely starting off well. But again, he's he's got 10 catches. Cornelius Johnson's got 10 catches. So really what we're seeing is Michigan having some options at wide receiver, partially because... Uh, they've got some talent, but also because J.J. McCarthy's putting the ball where it needs to be. And so that combination of factors so is so accurate. Well Any leading the yeah. nation and completion, yeah, accuracy. And well, I mean, and, and again, you know, let's remember they played East Carolina and UNLV, sure. so these aren't two, 
two crazy programs. And but I was looking at their schedule. Ask Tyler Michigan. Van Dyke what it's like to play small yeah. teams. He wants to play big, right. Yeah, he wants to play ranked teams every week. But if you look at the schedule for Michigan right now, it's Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Cupcake. Michigan State. Pope. They're not going to face a ranked team at this point. And this will this will potentially change as, as the games go on. But they don't face a ranked team until Penn State. Like this team could easily be rolling into their last three games at eight and zero, and we have no clue how good they are. Yeah, it's a cupcake schedule, but this is the last year of that. Starting next year, that's mm-hmm. gone. Yeah, and so this, I mean, so make, far make, gone. make hay while you can, right? So do what you can while you can. Uh, the other notes for the Big Ten, uh, Drew Alar so far has had a good start with Penn State, so he's their quarterback that people were curious about. What's he going to do uh, as far as that team? Because that's that's the question mark that they've had for a while is where their ceiling is, is you know where their quarterback can take him, kind of like what Michigan's been dealing with. Uh, in the past, but so far so good for him. I mean, he's he's almost up there at seventy eight percent with the completion percentage, and for uh, for a dude who's you know just a sophomore at six five two forty three, that's a that's a bit of a matchup nightmare potentially uh, going down there. The other names uh, we Catron Allen and Nicholas Singleton. I mean, this Penn State team talk about them maybe having this being their year. It's going to be interesting between Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. That is going to be. I I would be surprised if. A team comes out of that without a loss out of those three teams, just because of how they're going to beat up on each other. That being said, Ohio State has looked a little bit rough in their first two games. I mean, they've won both of them comfortably, if you will, but they also haven't won them the way people would expect you to win them. And Kyle McCord has been average at best a quarterback. And when you're average at best against Indiana and Youngstown State, the fact that they only beat Youngstown State 35 to seven, even with the backups, that's a team that. Uh, years ago would be you know 63 to 7 instead and so be very curious because they've got western kentucky and then they've got notre dame and that game is at notre dame so that's why i'm hoping this week that central michigan might be able to, to stun notre dame because they're looking ahead to ohio state but still it's uh it's definitely a a big question mark still for the buckeyes i hear you there I, okay so here's the question though dan uh-huh. we were rusty we rambled for dang there an hour wow, <laughs> 45 minutes 45 minutes okay all right, so what are we doing? Are we gonna do? Are we gonna try to ramble through the NFL quickly here? I think we can. We gotta talk a little bit about beer first, though. Okay. All right. Let's let's give it a go. Take us into halftime. Let me tell you what. First off, uh, I have not been doing the best job of remembering to put things into untapped. I was at Broadleaf this past week on Tuesday, and we actually had a loss for our little trivia team, which is a little bit sad. Uh, so I don't necessarily have. Uh, a ton of things to talk about beer wise, but here's what I can tell you. Uh, I still like the stuff that I tried down there. There was a brown that I had, and I've got to pull it up real quick, but uh, there's a brown that I had that I really enjoyed, uh, and then a hazy. And so, no complaints, right? When when you can find a couple of beers that you like at a place local, and that's what we encourage, really, is people going out and trying stuff uh, locally because you you get to try stuff that you wouldn't necessarily get you know, going through the uh, the the cans that the big ones have but uh, i had one called the hazy j which was citra mosaic and uh Eucanaut hops which i don't think i've had Eucanaut hops before uh, but this was an easy drinking one and again that's the thing about hazies anybody who's not sure how much they like ipas or the bitterness there start with a hazy and you're not going to be complaining but i hadn't had subterranean worlds a dry american brown ale which is surprisingly, like, they, they say when was the last time you had a dry, crushable brown ale? I mean, this was a crushable brown ale. Like, it was easy to drink. Brown ale sometimes have a little extra attitude that makes you kind of take a sip and then set it down. This thing was easy to roll with. So, 
a couple of fun beers uh, that you should definitely be into, especially as the seasons slowly start changing. The brown beers, that's where it's at. Well, Dan, I had myself recently a little trio of newer Oddside Owls, two oh, of okay. which are tr- kind of what you just left with, the changing the seasons. But there was one kind of end-of-the-season one that I maybe I feel like it's newer. I hadn't seen it in a while, but I'll start with the end-of-the-summer season one, the Citra Rattler. Oh, um, you don't usually yeah. like Rattlers. I didn't. <laughs> I did not at all. It took me... an about a, an, a little over an hour to finish this thing. It was so mm-hmm. sweet. So, mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know, Rattler's like a shandy beer. Yeah, uh, it's a, lot got, of, a lot of sweetness and juicy. They me in because you know how I am with grapefruit, right? Right. And it says has grapefruit soda in it. I was like, huh, a shandy Rattler-style beer that's not going to be sweet. That was so untrue. They're flat-out liars. <laughs> flat-out liars on this oh, can. Oh, sad times. There's nothing grapefruit vibey about this thing. Such a major... <laughs> I don't know how I gave it, like, a two-and-a-half. I, I don't know. I must mm-hmm. have been so angry as delirious. I don't <laughs> like it. If you like shandies, go ahead. Give it a go. Don't be scared by the grapefruit for tartness because it's not there. It doesn't exist. <laughs> um, then I'll talk about a bourbon barrel age. So they bourbon barrel aged their tiramisu stout. Okay. Okay. Um, let me be honest with you. Uh, it was, I gave it a three. It was good, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like anything that blew me away. It was definitely a change of the seasons type thing. It's heavier, obviously. Sure. But like, I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't even know what tiramisu exactly is. Never had it. <laughs> but I didn't care for the it. Coffee all Italian that dessert. Much. Yeah, but I didn't get. Maybe a little. I mostly got chocolate. Like I was a watered yeah. down, not a watered down chocolate. I don't know, just a light chocolate vibe, and it's a little bit of the bourbon barrel, barrel age in there. Uh-huh. I don't know. I was expecting some sort of weird complexity of flavors when they put bourbon barrel aged tiramisu out on there, even though I didn't know what <laughs> tiramisu was. Right. But it didn't is what happen. it is. But here, I'll end it on this one: the mm-hmm. atmos- atmosphere and attitude, dude. Everything I just said I was expecting to get for complexity and whatnot, I saved mm-hmm. this can. I, I saved the can okay. so I can read this. Uh-oh. Barrel-aged imperial stout with macadamia nut, pecan, Bavarian cream, chocolate, toffee, toasted coconut, caramel, walnut, and whipped cream flavors. What? Damn, I got every no one can. of these. I, That's impressive. I tasted every one of these things. See, and this is why every, I appreciate Oddside, sip, because... Every sip that I had was, like, completely different. I will say this. It was a little too sweet for me. I'd never have more than sure. one of these. But I gave this thing... I gave it a four out of five. That's simply impressive. Simply for the fact that I... you, I just read that paragraph of description on there. <laughs> and it was almost like every sip out of this can was, like, a different beer. Because I was getting, like, oh, dude, there's the... There's a lot mm-hmm. of nut there, but there's three nuts in this thing. Oh, that's the pecan. I definitely taste that. And it's like the cream. I'll say this: the creaminess kind of stayed throughout, like that mm-hmm. vanilla coconut cream kind of stayed throughout. But dude, right. like I don't know when you're some t- sips taste just like co- toffee. I was like, man, there's a lot of chocolate on that one. I was like, oh, I don't get any chocolate all of a sudden. I was like, dude, that's a straight caramel. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. It was almost like a layered drink. I, I, I'm impressed. Okay. I may have to check that one out because if you can stick that many flavors in one can, I'm, I'm proud of them. 
All right, let's jump into the NFL, and you know how we like to start this off. We're basically going to go chronologically through the week, so we're going to start with, and we're going we're to be tight with these, okay, for everyone's sakes, so that your ears don't bleed listening to us talk for too long, but we got to start off with Thursday night, and we got to start off with the, by the transit of properties, the defending champion Detroit Lions, right? Brian frickin' Branch. <laughs> okay? Had a feeling you want to talk about him. Yes. Uh, you can talk about everybody else, good or bad. <laughs> and, it's, uh, and I say bad because it was a tough, mm-hmm. tough debut for Marvin Jones coming back. I don't know if we yep. need to sit. He did have a rough game. Uh, you can take the rest of it. I just want to talk about Brian Branch, my guy. <laughs> been sad, you know, he scared the heck out of me in this game. He, he left with that that knee injury there and left the field. Freaked me out a little bit, but he came mm-hmm. back, finished the game, finished strong. Um, got the pick six. Granted, it was kind of it was a one-handed Look, pick, but it was kind of like a t- yeah. drop pass. Kadarius Tony helped a tip him. Drill. Oh, he taught, yeah. he helped him a lot. But that's why you practice the tip drill. Exactly. But I, dude, it, that's my guy, Dan. Uh, yep. You can't tell me you weren't not impressed with it. Just oh. coming in, earning that start. He forced. Uh, PFF loves CJ Gardner Johnson. He was like their favorite <laughs> guy. He mm-hmm. forced C.J. Gardner-Johnson into a position change. He played so sure. well. C.J. Yeah, was yeah. going to be the nickel guy, and they're like, oh, C.J. Mm-hmm. can go play safety because Brian Branch is going to play the nickel. Right, and uh, everybody who's concerned about Brian Branch's speed, I mean, look, he, he returned. He's there first, man. Six. Exactly. He's there first. 50-yard pick where to six. Get there. Exactly. You, you're going to be just fine now. Yeah, and again, uh, he obviously had a great game. Ali McNeil had a great game, which was nice to see for him sort of developing in that interior defensive line. Uh, the O-line overall had a solid game. You know who the highest-rated offensive player was for the Detroit Lions? Oh, dude, I thought you were going to say in the whole game, and I was going to say, I certainly know it's not Jawan Taylor, despite the refs <laughs> not thinking that he guy's impossible to get a false start. He got yeah, him. yeah, yeah. There, I, I read some articles. So the highest-rated offensive that. player yeah. for the Lions uh, is, is pro- probably St. Brown? Halapaluvati Vaitai. Oh, Vaitai. He did look <laughs> solid in the game. He but did. The, here's the thing about for him. Big Hal. Big Hal yeah. always looks great for like a two-game window. And then, and he then he's back on the <laughs> yeah, he's back on IR. Well, we're hoping he continues to have a, a good uh, a good season. Same with uh, Jared Goff. As far as guys need to work on, we talked about Marvin Jones, Brock Wright didn't have a great game. Rodrigo and Campbell both still kind of didn't have great games. Uh, but you know they're working on getting there. The the thing about Kansas City. Uh, they had some play, guys play well. Uh, Felix Felix had an okay game in, in a little bit of a little bit of spots that he played only played like twenty snaps. So good to see a rookie come up there. And your boy Rashi had a pretty good game as far as pro football focus was concerned. So there's yeah, some positives there for Kansas City. I'll be honest though. I'll be honest here. Brian Branch, the guy, I love him, but he was the closest guy to Rashi on that play. So he he might have right. got dinged for allowing that, but he made up. Yeah, for potentially, it, man. Right. He, he, he definitely did. For it. All right. To end on a lines here to keep our trend, we always got to do the biggest draft need, and we'll have to pick this up a little bit, I guess. But I'm going edge rusher. Uh, James Houston didn't get in until late. It just felt like the only person getting in the backfield was Hutchinson to me. Uh, we, sure. he, I love Kaminsky, uh, you know, but I, I just feel like he's a guy who rotates in and out anywhere on the line. I just feel like they need a, right. a, a pure another edge rusher out there. That's what I think. Yeah, he's still uh, he's still kind of in that rotational piece. I'm going to say wide receiver for both teams. I know the Lions are still in okay shape, but uh, Kansas City doesn't necessarily need wide receivers. They just need guys who can catch. 
Because, <laughs> man, they had a rough week. I'm sure it'll get better for them. All right, jumping into Sunday's games. The first one, I mean, we might as well get the North out of the way. Packers and Bears. And well, oh, the Packers you... still own the Bears. I thought, I thought we were going right in the order like how we had them here. I thought Carolina Falcons were next. I'm good. We can go yeah, Packers, no. Bears. No, they're, Switching they're next. the whole thing up. I guess you open up every game because you're doing them way out of order. Oh, wait. No, I see what it is. I see what it is. So the reason why that happened was because uh, I've got to guess because the Bears are one of my teams. So ESPN is like, oh, you want to know what happened to the Bears? So that threw yeah. off the uh, the numbers there. Sorry about that. Anyways, uh, let's go Packers and Bears because we started talking about them, and apparently Jordan Love is okay. Maybe. He played the worst team in the – everybody forgets <laughs> the Bears had the number one pick. They traded it. This team's terrible. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, people were, were tired to talk about them. It's like, ooh, this could be a sleeper playoff team. It's like, no. Yeah. No, one of their but, biggest but, issues. But Jordan Love – hold on. Before you move on from Jordan Love, though. Uh-huh. Dude, yeah, he threw three touchdowns. What did he do other than that? His yeah, completion percentage great. wasn't great. He didn't throw for a ton of yards. He didn't even do anything on the ground for the, the mobility. Like, come on. He threw three touchdowns against the worst team in the league. Well, it's, he pumped the brakes <laughs> on them having their third consecutive Hall of Famer here. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I will tell you this much, though. You know who didn't look good was uh, Rudy Ford <laughs> as a DB again. As I still don't understand. Mm-mm. And again, we, we like to joke about that uh, Packer blogger guy who lost his mind when the, the Lions took Branch <laughs> on a trade with the Packers. Uh, they're showing that they could have used Brian Branch, and I'm really glad that they don't have him. Van Ness uh, got a sack, though. Van Ness did get a sack, and that's nice. Carl Brooks had a bit of a rough game uh, as we, we start looking at that rookie guy and, and how he can roll. But uh, you know what else had a rough game? Carl Brooks still had a sack. He did have a sack, but that was about it. The rest of the game wasn't wasn't great for him. Rookies getting we'll in the backfield. You got to appreciate that. I mean, the thing is, is Justin Fields. You know what he does? He takes sacks. Well, he like, doesn't do a much requirement. Right is it a requirement for him to be like, hey, I got to check the boxes on my box score here. I got to get sacked like a minimum, like half a or close to like half a dozen times. Just right. Yeah. Well, again, that. that that's decision making right there. That's what that is. So yeah. Tough stuff. Uh, you know what else, what else is tough stuff for the Bears, though? Is there expensive uh, linebackers that they brought in? Neither of them had a good game. So Who called yeah. that? I Who mean, called that? I, mean, I said, everybody's like, oh, yeah, they let Roquan go, but they brought in some solid guys and maybe got them a little bit cheap. And like, no, these guys aren't anything close to Roquan <laughs> Smith. Right. Roquan is better than both of them put together. Exactly. I will give Darnell Wright some love, though. Uh, the, the rookie did have a decent game to start off his career with the Chicago Bears. So good for him, bad for most everything else to do with Chicago and the Bears. So next game on the list is uh, Panthers-Falcons. Go ahead. You want to talk oh, about your now, boy? Now he wants to go there. Well, the Falcons yeah. are your team. So real quick, though, you're getting I a little you want to talk about Bajan. here. For the Packers' biggest draft need. Um, oh, yeah. That's, that's a tough one for me. It's definitely – it's. I'm just gonna say best safety. I gotta give yeah, the, the blogger guy. Safety, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I'm just gonna say D. No, I, I specifically think it might be safety in this situation. Sure. But then the okay. Bears are your team, so go ahead. I mean, the Bears <laughs> looks like they could use uh, some help all over the place. They're basically a best player available team right now. Interior offensive line, uh, wide receiver because apparently they forgot that they have DJ Moore and they should do something with him. I don't know. They they need a lot of help. So I'm that's the team that's best player available. So Falcons okay. Panthers though. Falcons, hey, they got a win. Can't complain about that, right? 
the Falcons might win this division. I know we will pick the Saints, but I'm just kind yeah. of looking at the way things are boiling down. I still think the odds are with the Saints, but they got they got a chance. That's what I'm yeah, saying. I mean, but, I mean, they they stayed out of their own way in this game. Nobody put up big numbers or or really great numbers all the way across the board for this team offensively. But you know, the defense played well enough against a rookie quarterback still trying to get his feet. And it worked out for him. I mean, when you look at, at guys on uh, Atlanta's team that had good games, I mean, Pitts and Allgaier and, and Devonta had their – not Devonta, uh, sorry, uh, Bashan had a good game. Dahlman had a decent game. Uh, they had some help on their defensive line. Definitely looked solid on Amada and Jarrett. But uh, overall, it was one of those games where I don't know how much Atlanta won the game as Carolina lost the game. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was about to go to. I mean, defensively – for Carolina, your usual suspects, Derek Brown, Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin, Shaq Thompson, Frankie Louvu, these guys all played well. Brian Burns, freak. Mm-hmm. He had a couple sacks in this game, too. Derek Brown, even, right. he gets his, it feels like Derek Brown gets, as an interior D lineman, gets almost double digit tackles in a sack like every <laughs> week. And he had a couple tackles for, he's just great. He's mm-hmm. one of the best interior D linemen. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, offensively, Carolina's got to work some stuff out here. I mean, Bryce Young had the rookie pains of turning the ball over twice in the air. He also fumbled it, but thankfully he recovered his own. But mm-hmm. he almost had three turnovers in this thing. So yeah, that definitely impacted the running game with the addition of Miles Sanders and some of the young guys they drafted with Mingo and whatnot. We'll see. they got a ways to go. They're, they're a young mm-hmm. team. But they, they are better than that 10-point display sure. against the Falcons. But maybe right. they're not. That's- <laughs> Maybe they're not with a rookie quarterback. I mean, he is a toddler. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, he certainly is not an imposing figure back there. So Atlanta's no. draft needs, though, they're either going to go wide receiver or edge rusher. Those are the two spots that they could definitely use some help because no, none of those guys looked very good in this game. Are we going to the Battle of Ohio here? Yeah, Next. it's the Browns and Bengals, and I think everybody right. was a little surprised. I'm going to keep this extremely short and sweet. I know there's some players on defense that, that played well. Dax Hill played really well. Uh, yep. Pratt and Scott and Wilson, all those guys had, had some tackles. But, dude, let's just let's get the elephant in the room here, man. Joe mm-hmm. Money, Joe Problems. Yep. I don't Love know. That. I don't know if anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Money, Joe Problems. I don't, I don't care that Joe Burrow had a absolutely atrocious game. He can do that, okay, because I know he's good enough to – rebound and this they'll be fine in the season all i want to just point out is this dude was sitting on the bench rubbing his knee a <laughs> lot in this game it's very scary so a bit terrified that's, I, there, there's nothing else even worth talking about because that directly impacted <laughs> the play of everyone else on that field mm-hmm. you don't think that the players on the Bengals team that as good as they're all looking around going oh no <laughs> they didn't care he's playing a bad game they're just he was sitting on the bench massaging his knee it was like oh man that's all i are gotta you, say they're in trouble he goes down they're in trouble jake Browning's not the guy i was about to say are you trying to say that they're not like it's okay we got jake browning <laughs> no it, yeah you can just go yeah. biggest draft biggest draft need uh for the Bengals. you know um I, i'm just tight end let's, let's okay if joe burrow's healthy they need they need a Another weapon because I don't expect T. Higgins sure. and the, the, to be there next year, and I don't think they need to keep just a room of ton of wide receivers they can't mm-hmm. pay. So having Chase right. and maybe a, a, a bigger body, more physical type person there, I think I'd say tight end. Sure. Well, Cleveland, uh, obviously, we're going to find a lot more about them as the season goes on. But boy, their defense looked good and shutting down Burrow and all those guys, and so. Uh, 
the the edge rushers, uh, Miles Garrett, obviously being a piece of that, and the secondary were, were both very solid in this game. And uh, your pup agrees, obviously. Uh, Nick Chubb had a good game. The interior offensive line had a good game. The tackles did not. And so when you're looking at uh, an area that needs a little bit of help for Cleveland, I think their offensive tackles, especially with Conklin going down and being out now for the year, uh, but they could also, their, their young wide receivers did not step up too well. But Cleveland definitely needs to uh, address a little bit of the O-line situation. The the, the defense, uh, JOK didn't have a great game, so I'm a little sad about that. So maybe linebackers on the spot, but definitely offensive tackle is a spot where they need to make sure that they shore up their future going forward, especially with as much money as they're throwing at Deshaun. Jags and Colts. Time to the anoint ja- the Jags. They are, have yeah. they already won the division? The Jags are good. Yes, mm-hmm. they've already won this division. <laughs> I was wrong about Ridley coming back as fast as he did. I thought I know he's a good player. I'm happy. Just about thought it'd this take him a little more time to knock off the rust, if you will. Zay Jones yep. even looks good. This team's good. Mm-hmm. This Colts team's really good, good. Campbell and Alukun all played well, but I, mm-hmm. Josh Allen's a freak. What a draft pick that was. Yep. Um, Jeez, that guy went nuts. But this, you know, feel it. Feel like we just need to reel it in a little more about the the drafting and the crafting of this. But this is ah. a team, Trevor Lawrence. They drafted great mm-hmm. ETN, great Bigsby guy. They just added, you know, found the end zone, but whatever, didn't play mm-hmm. all too crazy. But then you just start thinking about some of the other stuff because it's not all about just drafting players, about how you assemble a team. The Calvin Ridley pickup, mm-hmm. they were right, that paid off. Zay Jones is kind of a cast off from Buffalo. He looks legit. Evan Ingram is a kind of a cast off like mm-hmm. player from the Giants. He's looking good. Christian Kirk even flashed. I mean, it seems like they've targeted like their receiving weapons is like guys like, oh, these teams were wrong about these guys. They're great. But then what I wanted to get to is the defense. They mm-hmm. drafted like almost all these guys in their work, and even Trevon Walker started to like, you know, blossom, if you will. So I don't know. I, I like <coughs> I like what the Jag. I like how they're assembling this team. They drafted sure. their most important players on offense, focused on defense, and went to free agency to get the rest of the offense. I don't know. It's working, man. They're a good mm-hmm. team. Well, uh, not a good biggest, team though. Or big, biggest draft need, real quick, before yeah. I get out of there. Cornerback. I said it all last year. <laughs> Yeah, well, you could say the same thing for the Indianapolis Colts. They need a lot of things, though. Cornerback is one of those. Their yes. secondary got lit up against uh, against Trevor Lawrence. And again, they played a good team in Jacksonville, so we'll find out more as we go. But uh, most of the O-line actually played all right for Indianapolis. The highest-rated player for the Colts was fire-up chips Bernard Ryman. So good to see him off to a good start this season. Of course, Quentin Nelson there, too. So at least that's a positive, which they're going to need because, look, Anthony Richardson's going to be exciting. Everyone's going to be fun watching him run around, but he's going to be doing a lot of running around. He is not there yet mm-hmm. as, a, as a quarterback. It's, it's going to be a long runway for that guy. Temper your expectations is all I'm saying, people. And everyone wants to watch him, flashy guy, but temper your expectations. The Colts just got outplayed by a better team. And so the question for them is how are they going to play against teams that are kind of more along their level? Because they seem to think they're going to be good. Uh, this is a rebuilding program. And again, definitely starts with the defense right now. Next game on our slate, well, that would be the uh, the Bucks and the Vikings. And alarm bells in Minnesota? Uh, I only say yes because the, the defense was so bad last year. 
Hey, real quick, Dan, you're going to have to add, edit this out, but I got like six minutes left. Obviously, it's no. going to take a little longer, six minutes. We're going to have to rip. Let's go, then. Like, we're, we're going to have to rip. Yeah, go ahead. These so, are your yeah, teams. The, the rock, de- rock and like, roll. Like I say, the defense, I mean, the defense scared me last year. So uh, maybe it's time for the rest of the world and the Vikings to panic, but, like, mm-hmm. I wasn't a believer anything too crazy was going to happen here. Um, offensively, yeah, they're fantastic. Kirk Cousins needs to quit fumbling the ball and losing those fumbles. That happened a couple <laughs> times. But uh, I just want to say, Vikings, my guy, Ivan Pace Jr., if you feel like mm-hmm. it, go ahead and PFF him. But, dude, this <laughs> was my undrafted guy that I was pounding the table for the whole time. He almost led this team in tackles, eight total tackles in this game. Got to mm-hmm. love it. So that's that's my note from the Vikings. My note from the the Buccaneers is, whoops. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, I just want to talk about this. I don't even need to get into any of the players, the stats. I don't want to box score them or anything. Mm-hmm. If you're a Buccaneers fan like I am, they're probably my third favorite team. Are you frustrated about this win? Do you really believe Baker is a guy who can keep you competing <laughs> in the playoffs and potentially for Super Bowls? Because let's be honest, the rest of this mm-hmm. team's got Super Super Bowl talent. They've been there. A lot of the roster's the same. they got great names on defense. they got good offensive weapons. So here's the thing. If they keep finding a way to sneak out wins like this, they're going to play their way out of like the top five, six area of getting some of these top-tier quarterback guys. <laughs> and mock drafts, you see them. Get, uh, Caleb's not going there. They, I see Drake May going there quite a bit. He struggled, so who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I, I just, What do you feel about that? I don't know. You don't need to you answer that. That's, just, that's where I'm yeah. at. Like I just wonder if Bucks fans want them to win or not. Well, and again, it's it's the, the the allure of a terrible division, right? So we'll see what, how that plays out. And a team that started off 1-0 and again in that division as well, the Saints who managed to squeak by the Titans 16-15. And that was just an ugly game all the way around. I think that's what uh, – if, if t- New Orleans ends up with a winning record this year, it's going to be because they won a bunch of games like this where it's a one-point game. And Rashid Jaheed, Chris Olave both had great games. Uh, Ryan Ramsey played well. Um, but again, when you look at that team, they can still use some help on the D line. There's no doubt that uh, that's an area for New Orleans to focus on. All right, what team? What team we got? We're going. Oh, you're going to talk about Tennessee? Oh, I got or the not? Titans. Yeah. Oh no, Tennessee doesn't want me to talk about Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee wants to know what's going on with Ryan Tannehill and the rest of that entire offense. Man, mm-hmm. Tannehill three picks. He was he the worst. He was the worst quarterback <laughs> under center this past week. Yeah, and he's he got was. two younger guys that the Tennessee thought could be. They thought Malik Willis could be the guy. Now they get right. they get Will Levis. Mm-hmm. Something's good. And then Tajay Spears actually being on the field more, or at least fifty. It felt like he was on the field more than Derrick Henry. I don't know what's going on in Tennessee, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what's do going either. on there. Um, it's a weird, Jeffrey weird Simmons continues to be a monster. I'll say that, but. Um, mm-hmm. I, the, Tennessee, does Tannehill get traded to like the New York Jets or something like that, so they can just move on to one of these young guys? I don't think the Jets would. Probably who does? Well, no, nobody would after what they had just seen. I don't know. Tannehill <laughs> might be done. Even watching yeah. him move because he was an ex-wide receiver. Yeah, right? he was he, quick he at was, one point. He had a ton of mo- mobility. I don't know if you mm-hmm. watched any of this game. He looked like he was going on fifty years old all of a sudden. I don't know. He just didn't look like himself. Three picks. Sorry, mm-hmm. Tennessee. Yeah, that's an awful take for y'all, but I Whoops. Mean, I'm not well, even Niners, give your Steelers. Biggest, 
their biggest draft needs just figure out quarterback and what right. they're going to do because they got three of them. Figure that out, and then you can yep. figure out your draft need. Niners, Steelers, those are your teams. Roll with it, boy. <laughs> Dude, Niners, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, is very relevant. If he stays healthy, mm-hmm. he's very, very relevant. Uh, they, I, I'm starting to wish I would have went with my gut and picked the Super Bowl to be a, a replay of the 95 Super Bowl <laughs> with the Chargers and 49ers. 49ers are right. great. I don't know what to do. I mean, this is another one, kind of like the Jaguars, where I just want to go up and down and talk mm-hmm. about how they've assembled and built this team, but everybody already knows. Right. They know. I mean, how, you hit Mr. Irrelevant quarterback, and it looks like it's working, and you go out and you right. trade picks to get McCaffrey, and, well, that's working out. Obviously. And then the young wide receivers that they've got, Ayuk and Samuel, mm-hmm. my goodness, they drafted both those guys and hit. I, I This is one where I just want to applaud – the GM, who I'm a huge fan of, too. But he right. was there the Lynch. whole time. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the way they've built this team is fantastic, dude. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I-, I love it. On the other side of the ball, can I say I told you so? Maybe with Kenny Pickett? <laughs> I even tried to jinx Rough myself. Game. I took him as a bench quarterback in one of our fantasy leagues just to be like, hey, let's hopefully I can laugh at myself. Well, no, I'm still <laughs> laughing at myself, but not for the reason I wanted to. Right. <laughs> Rough game. Najee Harris looks yeah. awful. Jalen Warren looks awful. You know why, Dan? Maybe neither one of them are as good, that great. Still, yeah, they they drafted Brojo. <laughs> um, they need to see to go get some offensive mm-hmm. linemen. They took a huge hit with Deontay Johnson getting hurt, but O-line's their biggest need. T.J. Watt's a freak. Yeah. Let's move on. No one on their own line Watt might, got T.J. Watt might win defensive MVP. Yeah. Just purely because he keeps Seriously. the team in games, but yeah, yeah, no one on their O line got over a sixty on the the Pro Football Focus outside of Rojo got over played four 40. snaps, right? Terrible. Washington and Arizona in a battle of teams that probably aren't going to be very good this year. The Commanders got the win, but uh, I mean, Josh or I mean, Allen and uh, Sweat rather both looked good on the defensive line. Cameron Curl had a decent game. Uh, but just overall, this team didn't look great. Sam Howell had, was good enough to get a win, but uh, it's against Arizona, a team that you think you should beat by more than a 20 to 16 number because uh, Josh Dobbs is just, look, look, their quarterback situation, I, I'm surprised they put him out there. I really feel like Clayton Soon would have been just as bad <laughs> potentially, but the, the depth D line guys didn't win. play well. They don't want to win. They're they're they've pretty much said we want to compete to make it look like we're gonna try, but they don't want to win. Arizona, what do you need? I guess I don't know a quarterback that stays healthy. Uh, Washington, yes. what do you need? You could definitely use uh, some. It really, Washington feels like a team that's just good enough everywhere to not be good. So best player available for them definitely right now. Ravens and Texans. Now well, these are both mine as well, so I'll rip through these guys too. Uh, let's just say best dra- biggest draft need for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, running back maybe, running back that stays healthy. That's any decent. Yeah. Because uh, sorry, J.K. Sorry, J.K. It's tough, man. Uh, tight ends didn't look great either with uh, with Andrews out. The interior deal line didn't have a great game, but you know who did have a great game for Baltimore? Zay. <laughs> Zay Flowers. I knew that. Rockwell Smith as well, but but Zay Flowers had a great game. Obviously pleased to see him start off the way that he did. As uh, I've been pushing his rookie of the year candidacy out there, uh, and again it was against Houston, who Houston's another team that we're not expecting a ton out of. But I will tell you this much: uh, Tank Dell had a decent game for the the Texans as a rookie. You know who else had a decent game for the rookies? Will Anderson Jr. as we expected, but mm-hmm. Henry Tuotuo had a good game too. So the the future is bright for Houston, even if this year. 
is going to be pretty rough for them. So the Texans, what do they need? They need best player available with some depth pieces as well. So they've definitely made the team better, uh, but they, they still need help across the board. There's no doubt about that. Next game on the list. Yeah, well, let's, uh, it's supposed let's talk to be about the Packers Raiders and Bears. But yeah, I know. We're going Raiders and Broncos instead. Uh, well, you know what? Let's just go Raiders and Broncos and you can just move on. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. They're your teams. Go for it. Dude. Jimmy Jimmy was solid. Uh, Maybe Josh Jacobs should have practiced? Wow, did it look like a a preseason game for him. Uh, (laughs) Jacoby Myers, what a great signing and sad times with the concussions. But, uh, Mm -hmm. man, for the Raiders, though, part of me feels like this is a team that maybe kind of sort of wanted to lose because they're not competing for anything. (laughs) I really don't know how the fans would feel there, but... Right. Uh, Divine Diablo is playing great still with that position change. So decent mm-hmm. job drafting him, but even better job of recognizing the position change for how they assembled that team. Right. So big props there for the third round pick. Uh, mm-hmm. Max Crosby talking about an, another incredible draft pick in the fourth round. So here, right. here's my take for the for the Raiders. Raiders trade every single day one pick <laughs> you have and move back in the draft. Because it doesn't seem like you hit on the early picks, and they find gems, <laughs> right. man. Like, how's mm-hmm. Tyree Wilson working? I hey, he played. Is he? He did play. Good for him. He did Played play. So I'll, I'll give them that. I'll give them that. But I mean, <laughs> even in the second round, man, how's Trayvon Morig working out? And I actually was kind of a fan of him, so that kind of let right. down. I don't know. I just feel like they draft better later. That's my tip for the sure. Raiders. Uh, <laughs> as far as the Broncos go. Man, I Miners Quinn Miners looked fantastic. I watched this mm-hmm. game because you know the Raiders are probably like my fourth favorite team. He looked right. fa- check his PFF grade. I guarantee with a hundred and twenty five percent certainty he was a ball. He's the best player in the offense. I know it for a fact. You don't even have to look it up. It's impossible. <laughs> They're so wrong he if was. he's not. He, he definitely was. was by ten points. He was an eighty seven. Yes. This guy was Garrett Bulls that in seventy seven. PFF, you you nailed that one. Uh, and then just on defense, man, their linebackers always look good with Jewel and Singleton, but Sertain, what a draft pick that was mm-hmm. that they had. But um, I feel like this is just going to be the toughest team to cover throughout the year to try to figure out sure. the, what direction dra- they need to go in the draft. I mean, they're so handcuffed. Right. Like, I don't know. It's a tough one. Sorry, Denver. I'm going to figure out great takes for you moving forward somehow, somewhere. And I will say, Russell played okay. All things considered, he wasn't the reason why they lost this game, but he also didn't help them win it. Which I is think this somehow game was better than every year. game he had last year. There you go. So that's the start. Eagles and Patriots, and uh, you know what? Fly Eagles, fly! But boy, they, they didn't. They didn't do it by much. They, Dude, they the were up sixteen to nothing. Better. Yeah. The Patriots played better than the Eagles sure. did. I think I can agree with that. What do you? What do you who do you have for uh, for notes for the no, for New England there? Dude, I that first note in all caps. I wrote Mac is back. Um, I, after that, I jotted down is Kendrick Bourne, like the signing, is this actually going to pan out? Uh, <laughs> newsflash, biggest draft need for the Patriots. I'm still going wide receiver. Cause obviously that's a question sure. mark if Kendrick Bourne's still going to pan out, but mm-hmm. dude, the defense is back. Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. I don't, maybe, maybe it's, you know, I, the common, the commentary in the game, maybe this is just a victim of Belichick having an entire off season to pick apart the Eagles and be like, I'm going to just scheme the hell out of you week one. <laughs> They just right. bring in defensive schemes that nobody had seen before. I think Romo was the one pointing that out. But mm-hmm. Gonzo looked good. Jabril Peppers like hit a guy in the last season. 
just yep. destroyed them, go blue. But this defense is back. <laughs> um, they got some good names. They surprisingly, when you when you look at how they built that defense, they got they've got players all over that they've drafted like mm-hmm. Duggar and Gonzalez, and then they got great free agent additions that are painting out with like Peppers and Matt Judon. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Cautiously optimistic as a Patriots fan? I think they're – and you know who didn't show up on the stat sheet? Look this one Mm. up, and then I'll be done with my take on the Patriots. (laughs) It'll be good because this is, you know, more related to the draft and how you build the Mm -hmm. rosters, and that's what we really need to focus on. Uh, Keon White, a guy that I did not like, and I kind of was like, Mm -hmm. of course the Patriots drafted him. I don't think he even (laughs) showed up on the stat sheet, but he it felt like he was making an impact. Well, he ended up with four hurries when he, and he, when he was 75. So, yeah, he had 75 okay, for Pro Football Focus and four hurries. So, yeah. So he didn't necessarily get the numbers of uh, on the stat numbers, the counting numbers, but yeah. he created some he havoc, was, and you got to like that. Yeah, it felt like that. And I remember watching him, and I was like, man, he's okay. Maybe I'm wrong about this That's guy. Right. And then I checked the back, box score, and I was like, Maybe I'm really wrong about this guy. He did nothing, <laughs> but I felt like he did. Right. So, and that's where the the, we'll the next gen stats help out or a little bit, right, to prove your point. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, and this this is encouraging for a team playing who a lot of people think, including me, is the team that's going to come out of the NFC, and they played them pretty tough. Uh, for the for the Eagles, though, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, both had great games uh, as the the continuing, you know, Georgia North. Keeps rolling for them. Reed Blankenship played well as well, though. Uh, really, the big thing for them is their linebackers did not play great, and so that's something they definitely need to look forward to, uh, seeing if they can you know do a little bit better there. And then look, you know what is not a draft need for uh, for Philadelphia? Their wide receivers, because uh, AJ no. and uh, Devonta both had great games for them again as well. So Philly, a little nervous about them, but I think we both still see them beating uh, Minnesota tonight. So looking forward to yes. that one playing out for both of us. Dolphins Chargers. Dude, this is the AFC Championship game. Remember when I was just picking my, who I I completely flipped from the Bengals and the Bills. I was like, dude, I'm <laughs> AFC. I think the best two teams are these game two of the teams. Year. And now people are actually saying, oh, the Dolphins, if Tua stays healthy, could they win the Super Bowl? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Biggest draft need, running back. <laughs> we could almost move on. Other than I just sure. want to say that I think that Tyreek Hill is an actual cheetah. Right. I don't think I'm he's human. I think there is a cheetah playing for the Dolphins. After this game, like, I could say that I, uh, the biggest draft need for the Chargers is DB. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um, who knows? It could end up could end up being running back. You would, some might have said that, but Joshua Kelly looks great too. I don't want to steal your team mm-hmm. here. No, you're Eckler, good. I think most people expect Eckler to kind of be gone, but when you give up 466 yards passing. I don't care who it is. That's still not a good sign. It's definitely something that uh, you need to work on a bit. Here, put it this way: Does that when I when I put, put two um, on pace for like seven thousand yards? It, it'd be insane, week? right? Yeah. Uh, here's what I said. You know, when I had my notes on who played well, like offense. Okay, Slater, Lindsey, Kelly, Eckler, all those guys played well. Defense. You know what I have for played well? I have oof because nobody on this defense played well this week, and so they I, I they was got watching my guy to Thule. I was watching my guy mm-hmm. Thule though. He got in there. And, Derwin was okay, and but yeah, I Thule went with you. did get in there. But just no one looked good on this team nope. uh, right now. I was like, yeah, Tuli got a tackle for a loss, which is great for a rookie. Looking forward to him having well, a bigger impact. When there's but, an oof. actual cheetah on the field, that makes it harder. It's, it does make it harder because they will come after you and they will run past you. Rams and Seahawks. Puka. Sorry, Puka. I just spiked your mic. I'm sure I did. Yeah, I'm I sure know. I did, dude. So you the and I both that, like the this guy. guy. I, 
Yeah. More than the rest of the world. Gave up too early on him. The whole world gave up early well, on him. The old BYU in my defense, Puka. I dropped him when I still thought he Cooper did. Cup was playing week one. So. And then once I found out Cooper Cup was out, I way overbid because I didn't want to lose him. Because if Cooper <laughs> Cup stays out, this could be crazy. He's not going to get 15 yep. targets every week, let's be honest. No. But, but, my goodness. Cooper Cup. But we all know how Stafford will lock in, laser focused mm-hmm. on the guy. And if Cooper's out and Puka's the guy and Stafford stays healthy, Stafford, look, I don't know how we got out of this game with no, all the touchdowns came on the ground. <laughs> he yep. looked solid, though. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll say this. I don't know if the Rams, maybe Sublin are both super impressed me, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, because the Seahawks are a solid team, too. Granted, they lost like right. both their tackles. There's your biggest draft name, stole it from you. Yeah. Um, definitely. But I, I just did, you know, for the sake of time, remember I was telling you that the, the Rams got the right Brian Young, not the wrong one. <laughs> he went later. Right. He actually had a really good game. The Brian Young mm-hmm. from Tennessee was the good one, not the one from Alabama. But he had four mm-hmm. tackles, had a half sack in there, I believe I was saying. I wish we would have re- recapped that. My guy Kobe Turner got in there for <laughs> half sack. I wish we would have recapped because remember we said what rookie on one of these past episodes do you think is going to make the biggest impact of the season? We should well, we, we, check we, in on that from week time one. to time. Week one. But we will, we'll definitely check into that when we do like our quarterly kind of updates or things. Here's what I would tell you for Seattle, though, dude. You know how I put down that uh, oof for the uh, the Chargers defense? That was the Seattle mm-hmm. offense. There was no one worth talking about of the Seattle offense this week. They got owned by a team that they probably shouldn't have been owned by. So definitely some question marks for them. Like you said, the tackle is a huge uh, issue for them going forward. Bobby Wagner still had a good game because apparently he's still good. But otherwise, this is a forgettable week for the Seahawks and one that they definitely want to have back. There's no doubt about that. And if we look at the rest of the schedule, well, there's only two more games, and one of them, it's Cowboys and Giants. Go for it. Those are both your teams. Well, uh, well one's kind of shared. No. No, it's not. Maybe. Well, nope. I'll tell you what. It's not Danny Dimes. This is like Danny Pennies this week. <laughs> he he got just... Oof. It, it was rough, dude. I... Mm-hmm. Sorry, Giants, man. Like, I really am. Uh... And now you got all these weird questions about the health of Waller again, and mm-hmm. you know, everybody's excited there defensively. Right. Like, I don't know, biggest draft need like anything, best player available. <laughs> I can't. I'm not even to dive into this. They they got they got goose egged, mm-hmm. man. They and they owned. didn't get goose. They got goose egged by forty. Yeah. So there's I'm sorry, there's nothing to dive into here. There just isn't. They need help across the board. They need to figure out what happened there. Mm-hmm. It was rough because here's the thing. You slide over to the Dallas side of things. This was like the ultimate group. They got beat by 40 and Dak didn't throw a touchdown. No. They just got ran over. And it's crazy, but like. What was the mistake? They only. They, but they only rushed for 122. Like they only threw for 143. The, they only had the 270 Dallas, yards of offense. Yes, the Dallas defense just ran them over. Like, mm-hmm. man, maybe Micah Parsons. When you look at the stat sheet, does not justify the impact that this man made. It does not. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't know, man. I, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna leave it at that. I don't want to spend too much time on this one. This is a rough one because it's embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, Cowboys fans Dorrance, are uh, enjoying that this is a short take because they right. defensively they just 
crushed, crushed the Giants. We got to keep an eye on the little Giants. Yeah, right, exactly. We got to keep an eye on Dorrance Armstrong, though, and see if he continues to play this well, because that dude had a game to start things off. He did. He got in the backfield twice, didn't he? Yep. Two sacks. Two sacks. I mean, we're talking about a fourth-round pick. This is a day three guy. Mm -hmm. That's a good point to bring up. I mean, that's what we should be focusing on. I was just too embarrassed to get into this game. (laughs) Fair. Mozzie Smith, you know, I mean, he got in the backfield, wasn't a sack, his tackle for loss. You know, you and I like to say, mm-hmm. what's the heck's the difference? Just right, depends yeah. on who you're tackling, but whatever. Exactly. But, yeah. And I then mean, anything they, for so the Giants? Some, Any had, notes? But that's crazy. They had rookies get, playing yeah. good on the defense. Their defense was so good. Mm-hmm. Any notes on the Giants? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like, I tell you what, for a minute, it's, yeah. Jalen Hyatt only had one target. Mm-hmm. I mean, the wide receivers are awful here. How did he only get one target? Well, you know, Danny Dimes on his back most of the game. Or well, for his life. Here's the thing, though. They're only 17 targets, period. But there are 1, right. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 different players got targeted. How? When you don't have, like, anyone to target. <laughs> yeah, well, he was, he was just it's whipping literally, the ball around trying to avoid sacks. The only people who should be targeted are, like, Waller, Hyatt, and Barkley. Fair. <laughs> All right, you got the you okay, bring home. Game. You got the Battle of New York. Well, no, good lord. You got the well, one York, team New that's Jersey, actually right? in New York and the other one that's not, and thinks they. Are. I mean, obviously, everybody knows the story from this game is uh, is uh, Tamar Hamlin not playing in the game. I'm kidding. It's Aaron Rodgers giving out four plays in, uh, and he has torn his ace or his, uh, his Achilles. He's out for the season, and he will rise again, according to his Instagram. We'll see about a 40 year old man coming off an Achilles injury. For him, at least he got it done at the beginning of the year. The Jets' defense played well in this game, let's be honest. Whitehead, three interceptions. He owns Josh Allen until the next time they play. But this is definitely a game that feels like uh, the Bills lost, not the Jets won. So, I mean, if you go off this game, the Bills need another quarterback, right? But that's not that's not the, the draft need that they need. They, they really just looking at this team uh, need some help in the secondary a little bit here and there. But overall, they just need to not make mistakes. Like, they turned the ball over, well, Josh Allen turned the ball over four times. So when you do that, you're not going to win a football game most of the time. And the fact that the Jets scored, I think, I don't even think they had one offensive touchdown. They may, Or they had one short field. point is, their offense looks terrible. Uh, the Bills are a better team. They just made all kinds of mistakes, and that's what happens in the NFL. When you make that many mistakes... It, you just end up losing a game. Greg Russo had a great game, which was nice to see. Micah Hyde played well. Uh, and Osiris Torrance, our boy, uh, locking it down mm-hmm. at, at guard, had a great game as well. So some of the rookies played well for, for Buffalo. But again, at the end of the day, you turn the ball over that many times, you're going to lose a football game. So we look forward to uh, that not being the overreaction. I still believe Buffalo can you know have a great season and, and make it out of the AFC. But uh, it was not a good start for that team. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Anyone outside, else you want to talk about? Yeah, two little quick notes, and we'll put a bow on today. One, I don't think anybody's really following through with their Jets or Super Bowl contenders picks anymore. <laughs> no. That is over. Good luck, Zach. But, um, two, I feel like it's worthy of bringing up, uh, if Rodgers played 65% of the plays, the Packers were getting a first-round pick out of this deal. That was in the Whoops. details. He had to play 65% of the plays. It'll, they'll still get a second round. not. But it was going to, yeah. So the Packers just lost a first-round pick out of this. I mean, and so it couldn't happen any better. That's 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 well, like the highlight fair. of the week. It's right up there. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Look, it it started well. It ended well for Detroit what Lions do you think, fans. Because what do you think that guy? What do you, the the blogger guy did at that? No. 
I don't know. We'll have to watch and see. He's he's uh, appointment television now, definitely. All right. Well, that wraps us up for a super long first take of the season for us. Look, we'll we'll we'll, we'll tighten it up as we go. We just had so much fun trying to get into things. So for Dan, for JP, it's uh, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about uh, what's coming up for the weekend, and we'll be a lot quicker with it. We'll draft, draft. We'll draft.